So our scripture reading is from 2 Samuel 23 today, uh, verses 13 through 17. That's on page 276 of your pew Bibles, so I'll give you a moment to flip there, or it will also be on the slides behind me. The sermon title is Whatever It Takes, so keep that in mind as we read through this, and you can see some of the fun things that happen in the Old Testament with God. 2 Samuel 23, 13 through 17. And three of the 30 chief men went down and came about harvest time to David at the cave of Adullam, when a band of Philistines was encamped in the valley of Repium. David was then in the stronghold, and the garrison of Philistines was then at Bethlehem. And David said longingly, oh, that someone would give me water to drink from the well of Bethlehem that is by the gate. Then the three mighty men broke through the camp of the Philistines and drew water out of the well of Bethlehem that was by the gate and carried and brought it to David. But he would not drink of it. He poured it out to the Lord and said, far be it from me, O Lord, that I should do this. Shall I drink the blood of the men who went at the risk of their lives? Therefore, he would not drink it. These things the three mighty men did. May God bless the reading of his word. So we've got quite the special treat today with our former minister, Kola, um, able to spend time stateside to visit us and give us a sermon. Please let us welcome Kola. Okay, good morning. Good morning, or as I usually do, good morning, everybody. There we go. Okay, my name is Cola. I did. Oh, I have a clicker here. I I used to be a minister here, and now I'm one of the missionaries sent out by the church. Probably tell because I just prayed for us. Um, I was here uh, during the pandemic, and also had about two months overlap with Minister Pat, just to give you a time frame. And uh, just here, let me show you a picture. Oh, there we go. Okay. Oops, sorry. Okay, when I, w- when I was here at the church, I think one of the, if, if, you, if you don't know, part of the impact I made, it's like the picture on the left used to be what the carpet looked like in here, right? If you, if you were here, you remember that pink, salmon, orangish carpet? And, and, and so, but it's like I, I was part of the process of like changing the carpet here. So if you see the carpet, you can maybe remember me, okay? <laughs> <laughs> All right, so I'm, I'm, I'm one of the directors of an organization called YWAM. It's called Youth with a Mission. And our, our heart is to ignite a flame, a passion for God's mission in this generation. Um, practically, practically it's, it's realizing that the Great Commission, it only happens when young people get engaged in the mission. So many people, and it's not bad, but so many people are, are saying, I'm not ready, I'm not ready, I'm not ready. And by the time that they think they're ready for missions, they're 35 or 40, and, you know, it's like, that's fine. But it's like, if young people got into missions, we believe that the Great Commission should happen. So what I do is we mobilize people from Taiwan, we mobilize people from across the, uh, overseas to come to Taiwan to reach the Chinese-speaking world to get part of missions, right? And if you want to talk to me about missions afterwards... I'd be really happy to. I'm really excited about it. Okay. Um, and also, too, you know, for, for those of you who are young, if you think about taking a gap year, there's a six-month program in Taiwan where you can explore missions, see what that's like. If you want to know, talk to me more. 
Okay, um, here's the truth though. I didn't, I didn't always want to be a missionary, truth be told. Um, when I was young, I, I'm the son of immigrants. That's my mom and dad and my brother right there. My dad is Nigerian, and my mom is Taiwanese, and I grew up in Connecticut, right? So there's, there's a, lot of confusing, a lot of confusion there, but cross-cultural stuff. But the truth is, like, I, I, I grew up with that same, like, immigrant mentality of my parents worked hard, left their countries, left their homes so that they could give me and my brother better lives, so that we would go to school and that we would work and we'd be self-sufficient and maybe one day take care of our parents, right? And if you've heard anything about what I do, that's not what I ended up doing, right? And today I just want, I want to share a little bit about how God just, why I went into missions rather than just trying to be comfortable, having the, the regular life, going to school, getting a, a well-paying job, but saying, why, what did God show me? Why did I choose a life that was totally opposite, different, strange, right? So I want to talk about a little bit about the need of missions, why missions, right? So, so here's a question, uh, two questions, actually. Who shared the gospel with you? First question. Just think about it for a second. Who shared the gospel with you, right? Who did you hear it from? Did you hear it from your family? Was it in church? Was it a friend? Maybe a neighbor? Maybe the second question, too, is what does it mean for you to be a Christian? Now, that's a more profound question, but think of that. Who shared the gospel with you? And what does it mean to be a Christian? Right? You just consider that for a moment, right? And, and part of the reason I ask is because 40% of the world's population live in places that are considered unreached, right? That means essentially 3.15 billion people live in a place where there's no one who can share and tell them about Jesus unless someone else from outside goes, right? And I, I, just, I just think about all those things that the Christian life means to you. Maybe it's hope or belonging or identity or community or peace or wh whatever it is, right? None of those things are available unless people go, right? And so that's a little bit about what I do, why I do what I do, right? To be a Christian, I think, is, is to be with God, to love the things that he loves, to care about the things that he loves, and, and that's really what I want to talk about today, okay? So I, I just want to talk about my wife for a little bit, right? For those of you who know me, don't, okay? All right, let's talk about my wife, okay? Let me, uh, she's uh, 26 years old. She is 5'10". Uh, she's also like a great worship leader. She, she's, she loves piano, has brown hair, green eyes, born in Oslo, Norway. Right? She weirdly loves seafood pizza, and that's actually how we bonded over the years. Right? Um, just a lot of late nights eating pizza. Right? She sounds like a cool person. And for those of you who know me, you know that this lady over here is not my wife. Right, <laughs> right. you're probably like, uh, Cole, I think you, you got that wrong, right? This is actually my wife over here, my kids. Right, okay, here's the thing, right? That doesn't, what I just described does not describe my wife at all, right? She's actually about, she's like a five-footer, if maybe that, you know, she's pretty short. She doesn't sing or play guitar, but she loves to do DIY stuff. She was born and raised in Taiwan. She's actually 32, doesn't like basketball, loves yoga, and hates pizza. All right, and, and the, the reason, the reason I, I would, I would, I would uh, I'm not lying to you, but the reason I would show someone who wasn't my wife is I, I think like it's important, right, in a marriage, in a relationship, 
anywhere else that it's not just in I you have to really know somebody to love them. If I said, I love this person, I wouldn't be loving my wife, right? Because that's not actually my wife. I don't know. I, I Googled Norwegian woman on Google, and this is one of the images that came up, right? It's like, that's not my wife, but it's like, I need to actually know who my wife is to love her, right? And as I love her, I start to love the things that she loves. And I think that's true for the Lord, right? That's true for the Lord, too. And, 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 and I just want to look, think about the story again, right? The story that was read by Andrew, presider, just like, what happened in the story, right? The, the mighty men of David, they're at war. They're a little bit surrounded from their enemies. They're, 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 Jerusalem's over here. They're over here fighting a battle, and then there's actually, like, they're cut off from their enemies in between, right? And then David, he just, he, he's not talking to anyone in particular. He's out here saying, man, there's this well that has incredible water. Only I could get some water from this one. And like, what the presumption here is that he's not talking to anyone in particular, and David's three mighty men are like, did I hear hear David said he wants some water? And what do they do in the, what do they do without telling David, right? It's like they travel over 30 kilometers. It's a little small. But that's, that's roughly how far it is. It's roughly 30 kilometers in one direction to get some water. Three guys, they battle through enemy lines, and they're like, Fort David's water! And they get around, and they get the water at the well, and they pick it up, and imagine one guy has the water open, he's like, ah, oh, for David! And he's fighting the enemy lines. You know, it's like, he's, he's, he's doing whatever it takes. Says, David, I'm, I'm coming for you. David, I got your water. David, here it is. I got your water. You know, the world record for like 30 kilometers, it's like two and a half hours. And so these guys, they're not like wearing marathon clothes, right? They're like fully in armor, ready for battle. This is probably an entire day's thing just for some water. Why do they do that, right? Why do they, why would they go so, I'm tired. (laughs) Why why would they go so far to just get some water from David and David eventually pours out the water, but that's a different story. But why would they do that? I think it shows that they loved David, right? That they loved David. And they said, David, I love you. And I would do anything for you. I hear a glimpse. I hear just a little bit of what your heart desires. And I, I will do whatever it takes. I will fight through enemy lines. I will run all day holding water just to just to give it to you, because that's what you want. And I think about that with the Lord, right? What does the Lord desire? And here's what I think the heart of God is, the lost. I think you know that. I think you've heard that before. But here's, here's what I believe the heart of God is. I, I think he cares about the lost, right? Because when we look at Jesus, that's God himself coming into the world to seek and save the lost, right? If you know missions, you know about this map. This is called the 1040 window, right? In that, in, in long, longitudinally, right, between 10 and 40 degrees is roughly 3 billion people unreached who had no opportunity to hear the gospel. I think the heart of God is, I love those people, right? We can look at a few passages, right? It says, the Son of Man came to seek and save the lost, right? Jesus answered them to those 
Those who are well have no need of a physician, but those who are sick. I've come to call not the righteous, but the sinners. So who does God come for? What is God's heart? What has he revealed to us? He loves the lost and those who are sick and sinners. Before we get into the world, just, just, hey, are you feeling lost today and sick? Are you a sinner? First, there's a hand of invitation for you today, right now, the Lord. Whether you've believed him, whether you haven't believed him, or whether you've believed him for the last 25 years, hey, there's, there's something that God cares about that's you. You're feeling lost or sick or you're overwhelmed by your sin, there's an invitation for you today, knowing that there's hope and peace and life and healing and righteousness bestowed on you today. Right? But here's the thing. Not just you and not just us in this building, but that's given for the world. Congratulations. You heard. I just shared that with you. You've heard that before. What about those three billion people who've, who've never heard? Right? That's a hand of invitation extended to you, and that's a hand of ext- invitation extended to the rest of the world, but no one has gone to tell them. He says, that's who I've come to save. That's the heart of God revealed. Right? Here's also what God's revealed about himself, right? The Great Commission, verse 19. Go, right, that word, that's imperative. Go and make disciples of all nations, everywhere. And the fact that we haven't gone everywhere yet, that's an issue, right? That's the heart of God revealed, right? Think of famous last words. These are the things that Jesus said before he left. The things that he wanted to impart on us before he left. He said, go to all the nations. Acts 1.8. I can't, that's too far, okay. It says, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and Judea and Samaria to the ends of the earth. The heart of God revealed to us is go everywhere. Go everywhere. That's the heart of God revealed to us today. Go everywhere. Jesus comes into the world. He reaches the lost. He says, you do the same. You too, right? Like, okay, I watch, I don't have a lot of opportunity to watch movies. I'm not sure if I just don't enjoy them or what it is, but I mostly do a lot of my movie watching on airplanes, right? But sometimes, a really big movie comes out. I might not have two hours to go to the theater and find a babysitter or anything. So there's a website called themoviespoiler.com. <laughs> and themoviespoiler.com is exactly what it sounds like. Detailed plot summaries of any movie you can think of. And if I read any of those plot summaries, Anytime I get into a conversation with anyone else, I'll be like, have you seen the latest Marvel movie? Sort of. But I can talk to you about it at least, right? It's like, I know what happens in lots of movies just because I spend 10 minutes reading plot summaries, right? Maybe I don't get the emotions, but I've, I know the end of the story, right? Here's the thing. Bible-wise, we have the end of the story revealed, right? God has revealed to us what the spoiler of the movie is, right? That's Revelation. And here's what Revelation says, right? What has God revealed about his heart, right? And then I looked a vision of heaven, a vision of the future. And behold, a great multitude that no one could number from every nation, from, from all tribes and t- peoples and tongues, right? Again, what is the heart of God revealed? Everyone, right? 
And at the end, all the people from all nations and all tribes and all tongues, they cry out, salvation belongs to our God who sits on the throne and to the Lamb. The heart of God revealed even at the end previously, now is that all nations, every tongue, every tribe, every person would cry out, salvation belongs to the Lamb, that God, you're good and you're real and I trust you, I believe in you and I could be in your presence and be with you. The heart of God revealed is that. I mean, like, it, it, it's stuff like the gospel, right? Just like, you know, gospel, euangelion, it's good news. You've heard this before, but what do you do with good news? Share it with people, Right? Like, my, my wife is pregnant, right? But it's been, it's been like a pretty up-and-down pregnancy. And, like, it's good news. It's really good news to have another little girl. We call her Sunny right now. It's probably a nickname. But because it's been up-and-down, and we've had a few miscarriages on base that we haven't been sure, and, and Olivia's been, like, it's been some bleeding, and she's been in a lot of pain, and so we weren't sure. But for me, I was like, I wish I could just tell people that I have another baby coming into the world. And finally, when I could, I just, I just couldn't help myself to be like, hey, David, I got a baby. And be like, oh, don't tell anybody. You know, it's, it's like, it, 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 was, it was just leaking out of me to be like, hey, bro, where were you? I'm like, I was at the hospital because we had a baby check. I'm so excited, right? It's like, there's good news. And I just can't help but, but just burst forth, right? You know, I, 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 I'm on Facebook. I, don't, I mean, I, okay, I mean, it makes me feel old to some of you. But it's like, I'm on Facebook. I see when, when, when or maybe Instagram. I see when our, when our Boston teams, our Boston teams, our Boston teams win. And you're like, yeah, I'm so excited. It's like, it's good news. You can't help but share it. Right? This isn't, this isn't just like a, a mandate that says go. It's like, whoa, what amazing news this is. That the heart of God, the end of all things revealed is he wants to be with us. Let me, let, me, let, me, let, me, let me just give you one more perspective, one more angle on this, right? It's going to be small. But this passage in Ephesians 6, the armor of God, right? You've heard this before, right? Finally, be strong in the Lord. Put on the, put on the armor of God, right? But here's what, I, here's what I want to point out. What's the only offensive weapon in the armor of God? The sword, right? In the red. The sword of the spirit, right? Our offense in this, right? He says, we're fighting a spiritual battle against principalities. There's a spiritual battle that we're facing that, that supersedes all this physical stuff. He says, the arm of the Lord is, is how you prepare yourself and defend yourself. But the way that you get into this battle and fight this battle, he says, the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. The way that we fight this battle is by sharing the gospel. That's why Paul says at the end, pray for me. That words may be given to me in opening my mouth boldly to proclaim the mystery of the gospel. What Paul's desire is when he says, Ephesians, there's a spiritual battle, the spiritual reality, the, the, there's a mystery revealed. <sighs> Pray for me that I would be bold in fighting this battle. What is fighting the battle? Sharing the gospel, sharing the good news of God. What is the heart of God revealed? It's that, that the gospel needs to go, that the good news of the Lord needs to go out. And those three billion people aren't going to hear unless someone goes. All right, there's, the finances of missions are 
disheartening for me as a missionary, but, but it, the, the, these are the realities, right? Of Christian giving, of all Christian giving, at, or, or, sorry, of, of all the money that Christian makes, right? Christians as a whole give 1.8% of all the money they get, right? That's not even tithing, right? But that, that's the reality, right? Christians give 1.8% of, of all money, of all, of all the money that Christians make, of all the money they do, they give, right? It's, it's not even to missions, they just give. And of that 1.8%, 5.8 is for missions, right? And I was, <laughs> this is why I'm not a math guy, I was like, how do I, how do, I do, you know, 5.8% like, oh, of 1.8, but it's like, it was like, really, it's like 0. 0.00 something, right? you know? And then, and then of that 0.8% for missions, only 2% goes to that unreached, which is 3 billion people. And it's like, that financial part of the reality of Christians and their view on missions reflects not just the money part, but our values part, and then also the manpower stuff. People just don't go. People just don't give. And here's the thing. It's like, that's the heart of God revealed. The heart of God revealed. I'm not, this isn't, this isn't give more to missionaries. This is more of like a, God, have I heard your heart? Am I, in the, am I like David's mighty men in the corner with everything that I have saying I want to hear? Just give me a glimpse. Give me whatever. Because as soon as I hear, I'll do whatever it takes. Right? For me, I heard that the voice of God, not just whispered, spoken clearly. And the reason I do missions is because, Lord, I said I'll do whatever it takes. I'll do whatever it takes, Lord. I'll do whatever it takes. I've heard your heart, Lord, and I'll do whatever it takes so that those people can hear because that's your heart. You love those people. You died for those people. Right? Yeah, I, I see the, I saw, for me, I, I saw the gap, right? I saw the gap in people that didn't go, the finances part. I said, I just can't, it's, I, I can't leave it alone. I have to be part of it. I have to, I have to do something. This is the heart of the Lord. So that's the point for me, right? That's, 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 that's the thing that hit me 12 years ago when I decided to do missions, and it hits me this week just as much as I was preparing this 3 billion people, right? And I, I was thinking about this, that I, I, I think the, the default stance of a lot of us is I'll stay unless God calls me to go. And I, I, I really want you to consider that, right? Everything that we've seen about the Lord, his heart, famous last words, what he said, go to all the nations, Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, ends of the earth, right? Is that, a, is that a stay unless I'm called to go? Or is that a go unless I'm called, God specifically tells me to stay? What God has revealed to us is go. So is the assumption that I'm supposed to stay unless God calls me to go correct? Just think about that. Does God say, stay where you are? Does he say, go? And of course, God will call some of you to stay, of course. But I think that there's some of you who God's calling you to go. I pray that that would move in your heart and God would, you would go, right? I'm repeating myself. But I'm desperately asking you to look at the Lord and ask him, Lord, what's on your heart? God, what's on your heart? Lord, I want to hear what's on your heart. I want that to be my heart too. You know, I, I think that that's part, of, that's part of why we go to church. It's 
part of why we, we sing the songs that we do and we pray and we gather and we go to small group. Not because it's fun, but I think it's pretty fun, but because together we're seeking the heart of the Lord. Part of what church is. Together as a community, seeking the heart of the Lord, being together. Right? Think about this quote. Ooh. It says this. The church exists by mission just as fire exists by burning, right? It's like everything that we do here in the church should cause our hearts to rise for the heart and the mission of God, right? And I, think of, I, think of, I think of David's mighty men, their heart, but then I also think of, of someone like Isaiah too, right? Because in, in, this, in, in Isaiah chapter 6, there's this passage where Isaiah's in the temple, he's a priest, Probably an ordinary Tuesday for him. And suddenly the heavens opened. Right? Here's what it says. In the first year of King Uzziah, that King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord sitting upon a throne, high and lifted up, and the train of his robe filled the temple. Above him stood the seraphim. Each had six wings, with, uh, with two covered his face, with two he covered his feet, and with two he flew. And one called to another and said, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. The whole earth is filled with his glory, right? It's the picture. Isaiah turns around, heavens are opened up. And he's like, Ike, oh, what? It's happening, right? And here's the thing about this passage, right? It says, verse 8, And he heard the voice of the Lord saying, Whom shall I send and who will go for me? And, and, and some commentators have said, That's not God talking to Isaiah. That's just, that's God in the heavenly realm. Isaiah gets a peek into heaven. God's saying, who's going to go? Who's the person that's going to go for us? Right? That's another one of those situations. Isaiah's over here, gets a glimpse of heaven. And he hears the heart of the Lord. He's, he's overhearing, just like David's mighty man. He overhears. And, 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 and the thrust of this, the thrust of Isaiah's thing, he says, it's all exclamation. He says, here I am. Send me. The, Isaiah's heart, when he sees the heart of the Lord, he said, when God says, who will go? He says, pick me. Would it be me, Lord, me? Over here, pick me. I, I hear your heart and let it be me. That's Isaiah's heart as he hears a little bit of the Lord. I hope that would be your heart today. When you hear the voice of the Lord, you would say, Lord, I'll do whatever it takes. I love you. Pick me. Use me. Please let it be me, Lord. I pray that our hearts would love the things that God loves. Like David's mighty man overheard David want some water. Like Isaiah said, he just overheard the voice of the Lord and said, it's me. What God has revealed, one of the things so clearly he's revealed, he loves the world. And he tells us to go. And the people just, who just haven't heard three billion unreached the 1040 window. And for me, I can't help but hear the heart of the Lord and say, I have to go. I have to go. I have to go. That's what I do. <laughs> That's what I do for a living, right? Whatever it takes. Whatever it takes to reach those people, right? And 
And if you want to hear more, you can do like Andrew said. I'll be down there. You can mod me afterwards. I have postcards if you want some postcards put on your fridge. But yeah. Would you consider the heart of the Lord? Would you consider your own heart, right? There's, there's a, truthfully, right? There's, first of all, personally, there's a hand of invitation reaching out to you. Those who are lost, those who feel like sinners, those who are sick. And Jesus says, I'm here for you. So there's an invitation, Christian or not, an invitation for you today to come into the presence of the Lord, find healing, find a place, find a home, find righteousness. But then also recognizing that for those we're in that orange part over there. Someone needs to go tell them. That's what I do. And I pray that you guys would have a heart for that as well. You'd hear the heart of the Lord. And you'd be like Isaiah, David's mighty man, whoever, say, Lord, let it be me. Let's pray. Jesus, we ask to, we ask to see your heart. Lord, and I recognize that, that that's a hard thing to ask, Lord, to say, I want to see your heart, Lord, because I think that exposes a lot of us and a lot of our desires, and sometimes how that doesn't meet up, but Lord, just show, show us your heart today. And I pray, Lord, that as we see who you are, as we see that you've come into the world to seek and save, Lord, as we personally understand that, Lord, you've come to be with us and you've come to save us, us who are lost and weak and sinners. Lord, we would say thank you. And we would not just stop there, but Lord, we would say, yeah, let it be all those who've never heard, who have, the, who have no opportunity to hear, Lord, let it be them too. I pray that there'd be them too, that they would hear. So Jesus, I pray that we would have a heart that says with everything, with all that I have, here I am, send me, pick me, me. Let it be me. I want, I want my heart to align with yours. Let it, be, let it be me, like Isaiah. Help us love what you love. Not just our ideas of you, but you, truly, you. You, Lord. Let it be you. Yes, Jesus, so. Yes, help us to see your heart. Thank you so much for loving us, Jesus. I pray that in your name.